On today's pod, we're switching things up a little. Instead of interviewing faculty and students at Ryerson, we've decided to start a new segment that interviews the parents of students at Ryerson. So on today's podcast, we have myself, Steph Davies, interviewing her mom, Robin Davies. And my mom talks a bit about her challenges with becoming an adult and moving cities at a young age. She also describes the struggles and rewards that come along with parenting. And I may tell you, it was a little weird interview my mom because I learned a lot about her that I thought I already knew. In fact, I would actually encourage all of you to ask your parents these same questions. That being said, please lean in and enjoy this conversation between myself and my mom. Welcome back to the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest. Today we have my mom, Robin Davies. Welcome to the podcast, mom. Thanks, Steph. Happy to be here. So we're kind of switching it up a little bit on the podcast this week and in the next few weeks. We're going to be starting to interview parents of students at Ryerson University. And first off, we're trialing this out with my mom. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Ooh, okay. Well, I'm a mom of three kids. <laughs> I currently just work part-time. I used to work full-time before I had um, my children, worked in insurance and banking, stayed there till I had my second child, you stuff. And then after that, when I stayed home, I took some courses in fitness and became a personal trainer. And when I had my third child, I just did some part-time training. So that's what I'm still into now. I work at a gym part-time and that's what I do. And I take care of the household and drive the kids around and do all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> and so why don't you tell us a little bit about your hometown, where you grew up, and if you're not from here, how you got here? Okay, so I'm originally from uh, Montreal. I was born and raised in Montreal, a suburb of Montreal called Brossard, which is on the south shore of the Montreal island. And um, we are Anglophone from Montreal, meaning we are English-speaking people who lived in Montreal, yet spoke both French and English. As, as you can imagine, in Quebec, it's really a mixture of a lot of French and English. And my particular uh, neighborhood was mostly French. So spoke a lot of French with the kids in my, in my neighborhood, but I went to English schools and stayed in Montreal uh, right through CGEP till I was 18. And then when I was 18, I moved to Toronto and continued with my life here. And I've been here ever since. And did you attend any post-secondary schooling? Yeah. So um, in Montreal, what happens once you finish high school is from grade seven to 11, you go on to something called CGEP, which is like a pre- like a mini college before you go off to university. So you go there for two years. So I had completed one year of CJEP in health sciences with my dream was to be a veterinarian. And then when I moved to Toronto, relocated here, I applied to a bunch of programs here, but because I was out of province, didn't have space for me at the time. So I ended up just joining a business program. And then I ended up receiving a business diploma with honors from Seneca College. So from that, I just went to work on to insurance and different banking institutions, Victoria National Gray, Toronto Dominion Bank, Allstate Financial, and then Manulife Financial. Do you ever miss Montreal? I do. I think it's more nostalgic though. Like when you're younger and you grow up somewhere, you remember a place being a certain way. And uh, when I go back now and visit, uh, being older with my own kids, things look a little different. Things have changed. I mean, Quebec was very... Um, when I was a kid, it was great growing up, and then I went through the whole 
separation where Quebec wanted to separate and become its own country away from Canada. And that was a really hard, difficult time to be living there because a lot of people had these big signs outside their houses, we or, or no, meaning uh, yes to separate or no, not to separate. And it was just kind of, kind of separated the French from the English speaking people. And there's still a bit of a division like that now. But I find when I go back now to visit, since my father still lives there, I go probably two to three times a year back to Montreal. I noticed that a lot of the, the, Francophone people are, are speaking a little more English, I guess, just trying to realize that it's to have more than one language. If you're only stuck in French, you're kind of, you're kind of closing yourself in. You're not opening yourself to the different people that come, all the tourists that come to visit and stuff like that. And uh, they, they don't want to come to Quebec if they can't speak English or they can't, you know, if, if people are only speaking French, it's, it's harder for people to get around. And anyway, I just know it's a difference now that there's probably more of a mixture of both English and French now. I would agree with that. I say when we go to Montreal, I mostly don't have to speak any French, no. only sometimes, but mostly in, in the stores, sometimes you speak to them in English and they'll respond to you in French. Yeah. So you can definitely get by in Montreal with just English, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom did. I mean, she never spoke. My mom was born in out west and lived in Ontario when she was growing up and then moved to Montreal when she was in her 20s and lived there all the whole time she was married to my father. And uh, she does not speak a word of French yet. She can understand it, but she still can't speak it. And she's like eight, eight, almost 80 now. So. <laughs> so funny. I can't believe she lived there for so long and didn't know any French at all. I know. I know. So you moved to Toronto. What drew you to Toronto? <laughs> Do I have to say? I'm a boy. <laughs> so um, my parents ended up getting divorced when I was 13. And then my mom met some new gentlemen and they had got, uh, she got remarried at 15. And then she moved us to Toronto for just a change of scenery. So that's when my first moved to Toronto when I was 15 to 16 years old. We were only here for a year and that's when I met my current husband and met him and then we stayed in Toronto for a year and then we had to move back to Montreal because my mom's new husband's job was transferred back to Montreal so we had to come back here so that's when I finished my schooling till I was 18 and then once I was 18 I said sayonara I leave it I'm going back to Toronto so that's how I ended up in Toronto and I haven't left yet <laughs> 52 and I'm still here <laughs> yeah that must have been tough when you were young to go yeah you know what when you're young and <laughs> you have one thing on your mind you really uh yeah I don't know I don't know what made me how uh, I didn't think I was that strong of a person to actually say that's it I'm leaving the family and I'm going off on my own but I guess I was a lot stronger than I thought and moving here at 18 Rolled myself in a Seneca program of business and I was working full time. So I was uh, going to Seneca and it was a program at Young and Shepherd called CIL. So it was a center for independent learning. So I could do my schoolwork on my own, kind of like what you guys are doing online now, do my work on my own. And then I could still work full time. So I was working at Pier 1, believe it or not, because I worked at Pier 1 in Montreal. So they transferred me to a store in Ontario. So I was working at Pier 1 during the day and I'd go to school at night on the weekends to get all my projects done and did that for two years. Okay, yeah. So probably something similar to like what Ryerson has through the Chang School. It's like online learning. Yeah. They're working and stuff. 
except there were no computers back then. So I don't know how, <laughs> how did you do it? All I don't even know how I did it all. You had to go into the school to drop off your assignments. You had to meet with people for group projects and you had to actually meet somewhere like in someone's house and stuff. So, so different than it is now. I didn't even think about that. It must have been yeah. so tough to do it online like that. Yeah. But it's good that they had that because then it allowed you to work. Because mm -hmm. I had to pay for rent and, you know, my bus pass and all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me that the transition to Ontario was a bit tough for you. Even though you were English speaking, you said mm -hmm. that it was hard for you because you're so used to French. It was hard for you to speak English all the time. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Okay, so... 15 and we moved to Toronto and uh, we were living in Scarborough and I went to Asian Court Collegiate Institute and I was between the grades of uh, I believe 9 and 10 when I moved here and everything was just so different. I found the schooling in Montreal was a lot more, um, I wouldn't say difficult, but a lot more stricter. I felt like I did a lot more homework when I, in Montreal than I did when I moved to Toronto. Um, as far in every subject, you're talking chemistry, biology, math, English, I just found it uh, a little bit easier in Ontario, just the way that, to me, the Ontario school reminded me of schools that you'd see on TV, um, you know, for movies and stuff like Fast Times at Ridgemont High it was kind of more fun and lax and people would skip off and it just was just a great environment. Montreal was like going to a boarding school, it was super strict. No one skipped, everyone was in classes, no one was walking the halls. It was just a totally different environment. So it was kind of fun going to school here. So I did really well, <laughs> needless to say. I, I was a good student anyway, I was always an honor roll student, but when I moved to Ontario, I, I hardly studied. I just got really great marks, so it was a little bit easier for me. And then when I came back as an adult at 18 and worked here, because I was working um, in French in Montreal, I moved from the same store I was working at Pier 1 in Montreal to Pier 1 in Ontario and I didn't know any of the products in English because I had learned them all in French so I had a hard time trying to help people out customer service wise and ended up becoming the assistant manager of the store which was located at Warden Eglinton which isn't there anymore but uh, I really had a hard time because people would ask me something I'd look at it and the French word would pop out even though I'm English and I had to, to really think about the word oh yeah okay okay uh, I know what you're talking about so uh, it was kind of interesting, but, and, you know, people said I had an accent when I was from Montreal. And it's funny now that I go back and I visit my family and my friends live in Montreal, they do sound, the English does sound a little bit different. I didn't realize that um, I had a little bit of a, a little, maybe, I guess, a French accent or whatever. Yeah. 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 You know, I stuff when you go there, yeah. it's, it's a different type of, even if you're English from there. Yeah. I would notice that the English people sometimes they also, it's kind of like, I guess they pick up the French accent. So mm -hmm. they stutter on the THs and they say like, duh. Duh. Yeah. And then yeah. also like when they say like their A's, they say them differently. Like we are kind of a hard A. Like if we say, yes. oh, I like your pants. Like, yeah. like your pants yeah. is how we say it, but they say, I like your pants. Pants. Well, that's what people will say to me when I, I remember going to school when I met your dad and uh, I was at school. They say, how can we talk like that? You sound like you're from the States. So what are you talking about? I'm not from the States. You guys sound, you guys sound like, like you're from like, it's just the dial a little bit of annotations on certain words will come up like the A's for sure. And uh, there's another couple of words too. I can't remember, but A's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Then you came here and you worked a bit and then you had kids and then you took some time off. So you stayed at home. How did you find that? And how did you make that decision? Well, let me see. So being on my own for five years, living in Toronto, place to place to place. And then your dad and I bought our first house at 22. And so we started our first home then and it was kind of fun. You know, you have your own place and 
It's That's scary true. though. You you guys were only 22. I'm yeah. almost 21 right now and I'm yeah. still living at home. No yeah, plans for a house. Totally, totally <laughs> different. It's, I think it's just different because I left home at 18. I was on my own for five years. I was renting rooms in people's houses. I was living with friends from school. Then I would rent when one of your dads had a cousin who had a, a room and I'd rent a room in their house. So I was always kind of living in a room somewhere. Then I finally said to your dad, I, I can't do this anymore. I'll either like we have to move in together, get an apartment or do something because it's, it's just so hard living in a room to room to room, not having your own space. You know what I mean? Things are still always in boxes and stuff. You can't really relax. So we bought the house um, in Ajax. We had our first place. We're so excited. And, uh, you know, you start furnishing, of course you move in. We didn't even have a broom or a shovel or nothing. So, um, we worked really, really hard. We worked a lot of overtime trying to get our house up to the way the standards that we, that we would like to live. And then, uh, we got a dog. So we got our first, uh, black German shepherd. And that's the first real responsibility you have of taking care of someone else other than yourself. So that was really fun to have a dog. And then, um, kids of course are always in your mind. Are we going to have kids? Are we not going to have kids? And um, my childhood growing up, my parents were there. I wouldn't say they were very maternal or parental. They were people raising us, but they weren't, weren't really involved in our lives, which I find maybe it's just how times have changed now. But, you know, they fed us and took care of us and went to school and, you know, we had a cottage, we go to the cottage, but they weren't as involved as the parents are these days, as they call them helicopter parents are all involved with their kids' lives. So we had a lot of, we were on our own a lot. Like when I remember being a kid growing up and, and summer, summer would come along and it was a nice hot day out. I would eat breakfast and my mom would kick me out of the house and I wasn't allowed back in until five o'clock at night. I had to keep myself busy. I was not allowed to sit in the house, was not allowed to watch TV. So I had to go out and just find stuff to do, play in the park or, you know, climb trees or, you know, just hang out with your friends, you know, skateboard in the front or go play baseball or play Frisbee. We're always doing something. I don't know. The time just went. So when it came time for me to have kids, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm ready to have kids. Maybe we'll just get another dog. I don't know because to be responsible for another child and raising them, like, I didn't know what am I going to do with this little creature in my house? Like I was, I was scared, nervous. So we ended up uh, going for it, obviously. So I had our first child at uh, 29. So I had a little girl, Kristen. And, uh, and then as soon as we had her, I, I just knew right away that I, I was going to be a good mom for some reason. It just, the, the moment I saw her, I just couldn't believe that the same thing for sure, like was living inside me. Then we brought her home and I would just stare at her thinking, Oh my God, this is a real person. This is a little, a little me. This is, <laughs> this is amazing. This is crazy. And then my whole life changed and I devoted my whole life to trying to give this person the best life possible. And that's what I tried to do with my kids. I would do crafts with them. I would take them outside every day. We had outside time. We're outside at least three walks a day. We were making stuff in the kitchen, homemaking this. We were doing finger painting pictures and clay and building blocks. And there's always something being involved because I, I want to give back to my kids. I wanted to make sure that they got everything they could out of life. They could see everything, you know, go outside, play in the dirt, get all mucky, go plant stuff in a garden, just, you know, just expose them to a lot of stuff. Cause I felt that I didn't have that much exposure when I was a kid. I seemed to have it more when I left home and kind of figured things out for myself. So I just wanted to kind of give them a head start, that kind of thing. What made you decide to be a personal trainer when you did end up doing that? Well, I've always been active. I wouldn't say I was the best athlete <laughs> in school. I was on the soccer teams, on the basketball team, I was on the track team. Like I loved 
to exercise. I like to keep active. I've got a lot of energy. As you know, everyone says that. <laughs> there is no off button to me. So I have a lot of energy. You've also ran a few marathons. How many marathons? Oh, probably about 25 marathons. So including triathlons and like uh, mud runs and tough mudders and that kind of stuff. So yeah, because I, I remember know. being a kid with dad chasing you around the city yeah. trying to find out where oh, there you are, there she is, and you'd run by and then you yeah. come out. And I used to think you look like a baked potato because they put yeah. that oil over you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, I was after I had you, and I always went to the gym. I joined the gym, I guess, when I was nineteen, and I uh, just kind of kept active through my kids and stuff like that you know, going for bike rides and that kind of stuff was really fun. I don't know how, when I, oh, I was off with you and I would decide, you know what? I really like fitness. I don't know, I think your dad must have said something about, well, you know, why don't you take it further and try it. So I decided to uh, look up some kind of fitness training thing. So I went through CanFitPro and became a personal trainer. So it was really interesting because I was into health and fitness, but I didn't really take any courses in it. So through the CanFit Pro program, I learned all about the muscles in the body and I learned about, you know, how the body moves. And then uh, we talked a bit on nutrition and that kind of stuff. It was very interesting for me. So I probably should have gone into, into that in, in college, but I just, you know, I was kind of rushed. I left home and then I just got enrolled in whatever course I could. But my, I think my true my true um, passion is through uh, fitness and health and stuff like that. So, so happy stuff that you're going to be a dietitian because that's kind of one of my dreams. So <laughs> yeah. well, it's great. I was, was going to say definitely all the efforts that you made when I was a kid and yeah. like the nutrition and stuff, it obviously rubbed off on me because that's like my whole life at this point, you yeah. know, being a nutrition student and all. And like, I may be doing my CanFit Pro thing too. So mm -hmm. that's like, that's been a huge influence on my life and mm -hmm. your life too. Yeah. Like I always try to make nutritious. Like I wasn't into making my own baby food. I wasn't that far. I wouldn't say I was like super, super organic and all that. Right. But I did try to make a lot of things homemade, always made homemade desserts, yeah. always had really healthy meals, like introduce you guys to every vegetable there was like, as you know, you'd have friends that would come over and they knew, Oh, at Robin's house, you had to have vegetables. <laughs> yeah. would come over and go, what is that? Oh, that's, you know, zucchini or those are fiddleheads or, or that's, you know what I mean? Eggplant. And they'd say, what is that? That's, I, yeah, like we were younger, like, we didn't have stuff like it. I, I, I never remember eating mangoes when I was a kid or eating star fruit or eating kiwis. And now it's just a normal staple, right? But I remember just buying anything weird, just making sure you guys got exposed to everything. For sure. I remember we always used to try new things. And yeah, I, I always tell people too that I've been baking since I could hold a spoon. And yeah. that's all because of you. Every weekend, it's not, it's not yeah. even packaged stuff like you used to make us do everything from scratch. Every weekend we would bake something. Yeah. See, my mom growing up, my mom did not like her kitchen to be messy. So I was not allowed to be in the kitchen. So I never baked. I never did anything like that. At Christmas, she made maybe one style of cookie, just a number of things like that. And then um, it was my mother-in-law, your grandmother, who has passed away five years now. She came right from Austria and she baked every day when I go to her house after school with your dad, she had a new cake or new pie on the table. She baked every day. So my baking uh, desire really increased with her um, showing me stuff, homemade apple strudels and poppy seed cakes and like all these cakes made these nut torts and everything. Just an amazing, amazing chef with it, with so much ease. My mom, see if my mom had to make cookies for school, she'd be like, oh, I'm going to make these cookies just go on. She was all mad and she'd open up the package and put the egg and the water in it and mix it up. She was all... But with my mother-in-law, she was, was 
happy for her. Baking was a good thing. It just made her happy. And then when I come over and I say, oh, can I help you bake? Oh, sure. Let's do this. At Christmas time, she had at least nine or 10 different types of Christmas cookies. It was amazing. So I'm happy that we pass it on to you because then you guys grew up just loving baking, which is great. Both you and your sister. And even now, Mitch too. Mitch makes his own pancakes at 16. <laughs> homemade, homemade pancakes. <laughs> I don't know how many 16-year-old boys would go into the cupboard and get the flour and the baking powder out in soda and make his home pancakes. So since we've talked a lot about your background, I'm just going to ask you a few, maybe these questions might be a bit easier for you to answer. They're are like our rapid fire questions so all right one sentence or a few words and then we have some special for parents so you'll be Ooh. getting special ones what right. famous person current or otherwise would you most like to go for dinner with and why that would have been patrick swayze but he's awesome. i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> not just because it's a good dancer and he's super cute I think I'd be interested. I'd like to sit down and talk to Ellen. I think Ellen is really cool. It makes me laugh. <laughs> she's so watching her. Funny. Apparently what? she's really mean. I heard she's really mean. I know, I know. But she likes gorillas and she loves animals. And All right, go to the next question. Okay. When you were 20 years old, where did you see yourself in 10 years? I, I don't know. Like I, I was just like surviving at that time. Like I was just paying for myself to live and paying, working hard and just trying to, I, I say in 10 years to see myself in a comfortable, in a nice house with a family, like basically what I have achieved now. I, I, travel wasn't something that uh, I thought about because I didn't really have the extra money. I didn't have the time for it. Travel is a big thing of mine now that I really like, want to get out there and see everything I possibly can. So what did you find most challenging being a parent? For sure, losing your identity, because I know I put myself into my children. I think that's too, because after my second child, I ended up staying home and being a, a homemaker. Um, and I think that's hard because I devoted my whole life to the family and to kids. And your father traveled a lot. So I was at home by myself a lot. And I just became just the mom. I wasn't really a person. So that's, I think if you, maybe if you're working full time and you have a family, you still keep your identity of who you are. Because then after I went back to work part, I always worked in the gym part time. So that was kind of fun. But then um, later on when I got my other job working at the uh, chiropractic clinic and stuff like that, you know, I didn't really feel like, I didn't feel like I, I kept my skills. I still felt like, you know, I'd lost all my skills. I wasn't really, I was, what was I qualified for when I'm, I have experience and, and I know I'm smart, but I feel like I wasn't using, wasn't using myself to my full potential, just staying at home. It's great, satisfying to have a family, but there's still more than that. Like there's another part of you that, you know, yeah. is still in you. Um, well, for sure too. Like even you yeah. see people now when they're having kids, like I guess back then mental health wasn't really a big thing and like no. self-care, but now you see like my aunt, like they yeah. put a lot of time aside for themselves for self-care and that's something yeah. that's really encouraged now. Whereas before it was like, oh, you're selfish if you do that. Yeah. Never did that. Like, you know what, if you're having a hard time with your kids, you just, you just scream your head off and you just keep going and you never stop and you don't take time for yourself and you don't go for a massage and you don't go see a therapist and you don't go do this. Like you're just running around from vacuuming to feeding, to walking the dog and the kids to, you know, let's, you know, housework and then making the meals and then doing it all over the next day. And who even has time to get your hair done or do anything like yeah. that's what I felt like it just that's what the fear is and then when your kids leave your house what do you left with you just you and you don't know what to do yeah. like, I don't want to be one of these time warp housewives 
like your grandmother who has been home for 50 years and then finally realizes, I don't know who I am or what to do with my life, yeah. that I don't want to be that person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this one might be a little bit easier. Fill in the sentence. If I wasn't a personal trainer, I would like to be a nutritionist or a dietitian. Really? Yeah. I thought for sure that you would say, um, or a baker. Interior designer. Oh yeah, I forgot. I like to do that too. I'm sitting here <laughs> in my dining room looking around. Um, I didn't think about that stuff. I just yeah, health and also um, I love to bake. Love to be. You know, I've yeah. always wanted a cupcake shop. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I do like to paint and stuff like that too. See, you forget who you are. Like when you don't do that yeah. stuff all the time. There's so many things that you like to do. Next uh, question. What spot in the world do you most like traveling to? Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii is good. I love Hawaii. Though Paris was great too. Hawaii is just one of these places you go to. You just go there and you just feel relaxed. And it's not like you're still in the States. It's not like you're in some kind of remote place, whatever. It's just that there's so much to do there. Like they have, I think what did they say? Nine out of the 11 uh, different types of like you have beaches and you have the rainforest and then you yeah. have deciduous forests and you have this and that. Like you can surf in the morning and then you can go, you know, up to the, up to the volcano in the afternoon and there's snow there but you're swimming and then you're yeah it's it, it's just amazing it's just uh, and so relaxed and I just I, I really loved Hawaii it was great okay let me ask you this next what's the hardest thing about having a child that's in university besides the financial aspect of it I guess I guess trying to um trying to let them be on their own to be independent like I've always been there with my kids like I'm uh, always been, you know, helping out, supporting you through school and stuff like that. You know, like I told you, my parents never helped me with anything. Any school project you guys had, anything we had to do, I was always there helping out, making dioramas, coloring in the borders of whatever you guys had to color, and you know, for your title page, whatever, always trying to help. So you guys come home, you're in university, and you know, I just want to get involved, but it's it's beyond my scope now it's gone past my level of, of comprehension that you know I can help you with that oh it's okay mom you know I can't edit papers anymore like it's just I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lost that way I'm, it's really making me feel my age kind of thing I don't feel like the smart one I feel like you guys are smarter than me now because I feel like you've gone past me so <laughs> what's the easiest thing about being a parent the easiest thing about being a parent these are pretty tough questions that's why we're yeah, you know what it's because when you think about them the easiest thing is I, I'd say is being proud of your kids. Like I've had so many people tell me, Oh, your kids are so you've got, you've raised such good kids. And even when they were younger, they're so polite. They're so this or so that. And it's just being proud of your kids. That's easy. You know, like, and it's not my work. I mean, you guys did it. I was, you know, we were there to kind of give you some tips and kind of keep you on the right track, but it's ultimately you and your personality and, and yourself that got you to where you're going. But to, to realize that you guys are people now, you're not just kids. Like now you're actual people. Yeah. Like I can be friends with you guys. Like we can hang out and yet I can still help you yet. We can still hang out together. So it's just, it's easy to be proud of your kids. That's nice. That's yeah. something nice. I didn't think you would say that. All right. This one's kind of cool. What qualities or traits do you see in me that are similar to yourself? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that one's tough. Almost everything. Oh, really? Like I say, you're probably more like me than of the three kids of, of your siblings. You're probably most like me. Like you're, you're super organized, you're energetic, you like to be fit and exercise and eat healthy. 
guess so. Yeah, like you're focused like me. Like I get something in my head, I'm gonna do it. Like you don't stop me. I'm gonna paint a room. I'm up to three o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that room. I'm not yeah. gonna stop till it's done. Yeah. This is my thing. It's like running a marathon. You're running a marathon and you you gotta put mind over matter. Like yeah, for sure. do you have do you have that in, in your head? Do you have the determination? Do you have that discipline to say I'm gonna go all the way? Like I remember training for marathons. So you started my first marathon was a half marathon. I didn't start with a 10K, 5K. Yeah. Don't forget that. I went right for 21 kilometers. That's yeah. two hours, two hours of running. And then after my, I don't know, my fourth one, I said, you know what? Sometimes in a marathon loop, you, you have the, the half marathon and then it, they'll say, turn here if you're doing the full. Because a lot of marathons will give you the full, which is um, 41 kilometers, 42 kilometers, or they give you the half, which is 21 kilometers. And you peel off and you do the half. And I'm, my dream was, I'm, I'm not going to peel off. I'm going to do that full. I'm going to do that full marathon. And I remember the day I turned off and go did the full marathon. It was scary, but I was like oh, so excited. And I remember uh, hitting the wall, which is where you feel like you can't go any further around 34K. And it's just like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And in your head, you know, you, you want it so bad that I would never yeah. give up. I never walked a marathon ever. I, I ran the entire thing because I felt like I was cheating myself if I walked because it's a marathon for a reason. You have to run the whole thing. So I would never yeah. walk it. So that's what I find. Yeah. It's, it's just having that determination. And, and I know you've got that in you too. Sorry, Steph. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. We're just going to wrap it up. I've got a few more, two more questions I want to ask you. What are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? I have to say health because that's a really, That's what I said too. Yeah, that's a real scary thing. I mean, you know, everyone goes through certain health scares. I've I've had one in my life and yeah, it, it can sense. always it can always be worse, right? It can always be worse worse. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for my health. I'm also thankful for my family. I have a, a great family, like like I said, growing up. My parents weren't always there and then divorcing at a young age they kind of had to go figure themselves out left me and i have a younger brother who's eight years younger than me so i had to take him take care of him and basically i raised him and uh it was just such a just not a great family dynamic and it just wasn't wasn't the best years of my life that i'm happy now that my goal was to create a family and have a close-knit family and i try really hard to keep everyone together. I know I'm always reminding you guys, make sure if anything ever happens, the three of you always stick together. You always call each other. You always be in each other's lives because it's so important to have people that you can count on. And with family, there's no judgment. Like they're yeah. there no matter what. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. We're all very close. Let's move on. I just want to ask you one thing. I know COVID's it's all in your face right now, but I just want to ask you like, how are you coping with it? And what was the biggest, greatest struggle that you had with COVID? not having any social circles, like yeah. not being able. So I work in a gym, right? And I teach fitness classes and my participants are really important to me. And there are a lot of older people, like they range in age from say 20 to 75. And I see them every day and I check in on them every day. And if someone's away for a health problem or this or that, we're always on top. Like, well, where's Janet? I haven't seen her in two days. And someone will say, oh, well, she had to get her pacemaker looked at her. She's doing her health, her heart monitoring. Oh, okay, no problem. Just not being in that world with everybody. Now I feel like I've lost everybody. Sure, we're texting each other and stuff, but just kind of checking in with those people, making sure they're okay because I'm always there for them and they're always there for me and we're keeping each other going, trying to teach them, um, you know, a healthy lifestyle.
lifestyle. They're coming to the gym every day and they're, they're, they're going through their movements and it's keeping them healthy and they come in with smiles all the time. And I just worry that this COVID has really got them down because um, for a lot of them, they're retired and I don't know what else they do. Some of them are act more active than others, but coming to the gym, it's always a pleasure to see them and they're always happy to be there. So to me, I've missed that whole part of my life that's gone. Like I always wake up in the morning, and, you know, look forward to going in and seeing everyone. We do all the little catch up first before we do our, you know, our classes and stuff. And it's, it's just great. They're, they become really important part of my life and I, yeah. I really miss them. It's basically like a, like a work family type of dynamic. It, going it on. is. Yeah. We call ourselves a gym family and we get together for Christmas every year. We go for lunch whenever there's a, oh, for my 50th birthday, they all got together. We had like 35 people for a lunch at a restaurant. Yeah. Like who does that? We're just with your gym, right? Every yeah. time someone has a milestone birthday. Yeah. We, we always get together and someone's sick in the hospital. We gather money. We go make a, a gift basket and we bring it to the hospital. Like that's what we yeah. do. Right. Yeah. So, that's really nice. So that must've been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just in the interest of time, we're going to wrap it up. But I'm mm -hmm. thanking you very much for being on this podcast, sharing your life with us and being the first parent to try all this interview segment. Okay, well, I'm sorry if I rambled and I, I it's just you know, it's funny, you read questions, you think, oh, that's easy to answer. Then yeah, I'm sitting here in my dining room by myself. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. Yeah. It's like it's a test. It seems really hard, but it shouldn't be hard. But yeah. um, now I know how people feel when they do those like, you know, those radio shows like answer 10 questions in 10 seconds, yeah. you can win all this money. It's really hard when you're on the spot because it, you don't have time to really think about it. So, but uh, yeah, thanks for trusting me, Steph. I hope I didn't expose you too much. <laughs> Before we just wrap up, is there any piece of advice or a quote that you live by that you'd like to share with everybody? Well, um, the older I get, and they say it's true, if only what you knew now, the wisdom that you, you know, that you get as you get older, that you, that you knew when you were younger. Uh, I just say is to, like seize a day every day live every day to your fullest like do something do something new every day or try a new experience every day because life is so short and you can't wait for the perfect time to get to do something like you just be thankful that you're healthy that you know you you have you know you have two working legs and that you're active before time runs out and you don't get to accomplish all that you want to do because you see people who wait wait for nothing like anything can happen any day so just try to be the best person you can every day all right well thank you very much and I'll thanks see you. Steph